creation There at the start Before the beginning of time With no point of reference You spoke to the dark And flashed out the wonder I lied what is up everybody <laughs> welcome to gratitude unfiltered we are not live from word of god church tonight but i am blessed uh to be here simulcast want to give a shout out really quick to the word of god word of god church my brother's keeper and everybody watching all over the world on the e360 television network i'm coming to you live from the element by bloomington hotel <laughs> in uh bloomington Minnesota. And uh, yeah, so this is a little bit different. So those of you watching right now at Word of God Church, I miss you guys. I love you. And this is going to be different. But unlike um, in previous times where I'm actually there in the audience with you, uh, you're going to have the opportunity, those of you who have phones, to be able to chat and ask questions. This is going to be an, an interactive gratitude unfiltered um, again, a lot different than what you're normally seeing on Saturday night, but we're going to run a little experiment. Uh, tonight is the 10 biblical principles for making wise decisions. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a little trouble making wise decisions. Praise God, Brad. Good to see you. So just to give you guys a little taste of you watching in the audience, you can see brother Brad. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Uh, please give everyone my love there. Um, so yeah, again, you can ask questions, you can ask comments. It's, it, it creates a, uh, an air of unpredictability, but I enjoy it and it's fun. So speaking of unpredictability, before we get into 10 biblical, uh, you know, principles for making wise decisions, you know, I live my life in defiance to pretty much what man says. I've been that way. I've always had a bit of a rebellious spirit. I never thought in my wildest dreams after giving my life to Christ that God can use a rebellious spirit. In fact, the like I, in a way, it's like uh, I would think I'm the defiant one because I don't really listen to man and I don't really go to man for guidance. Um, you know, sometimes wisdom, bless for you know, Pastor Castillo to have him as a, as a mentor, a spiritual father, and, and, and Glenn and you know, other, other people at the church that have been so amazing to, to, do, to, to, to lead me, to guide me, to be there for me, to pray for me, and all the brothers and sisters of my brother's keeper the same way. I'm still defiant. I'm still defiant in following the Lord. In fact, I've made so many bold decisions over my years, uh, over the years of following Christ, and they've looked insane on the surface, like completely insane. But God has used it every time, even when it made no sense. It didn't seem logical. Like I, 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 I sometimes like to tease that following Jesus is like giving you a license to ill sometimes. And those of you, it's a Beastie Boys reference from, from 1984, I think. But you see, I, I, I really, with everything in me, try to do the right thing. I try to do the right thing by God and, and by other people. And, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not perfect. And sometimes in doing the right thing and opening your heart, uh, 
you know, sometimes wrong decisions are made or, or maybe I, I don't even know if it's wrong, to be honest with you. But about four and a half months ago, um, I met somebody online that we were talking business and immediately became really, really close friends. In fact, I would say and suggest the best friend I've ever had in my life. And in the process, she was going, is going through a divorce. I never with anything in me thought like, hey, this is, this is gonna turn into anything. It was a friendship, a business relationship. In fact, she even started managing me. But along the way, I fell in love. And while in my heart, asking God, anything that's not of, of you, please remove it. Please remove it. If it's not of you, Holy Spirit, remove anything that does not belong in my life. If, if she is not for me, please remove her from my life. And every time prayed that prayer, we got closer and closer and closer. In my spirit, I never once believed what I was doing is wrong. In fact, even today, as I sit here in front of you all, my heart still doesn't feel that what I'm doing is wrong. But after being harassed last night uh, during my broadcast and, uh, and having a lot of false accusations and, and lies, and there was some truth, but there was a lot of lies, it forced me to get really, really honest with myself and ask God, what's right here? And if these statements that were being made about me, if they were all true, how does this reflect on my walk with the Lord? How does this, is this aligned with God's principles? And again, even though my heart and my brain want to defy this and dismiss it and say this is not, this is a bunch of crap and all of that stuff, as much as I want to do that, when I go to God's word and I, and I read and I listen uh, to the word, I realize that this this relationship, the way it stands, could affect other people's walk with the Lord. And the impression that it gives off, whether you have facts or not, it doesn't really matter. Technically, it's, it's against God's law. And as being somebody that has dedicated his life to serving the Lord and doing what God called me to do, it being my mission, what God created me to do, my purpose, and I talk about purpose all the time. I talk about purpose, like literally every gratitude unfiltered I do, I speak of God's purpose for our lives and how it's unique to you. It's your assignment. It's what you were born to do. No matter how crappy your situation looks around you, no matter how many jobs you've lost or you, you see no hope, you see no way out. God's purpose for your life never changes. You can be in prison. God's purpose doesn't change for your life. You can be homeless. God's purpose doesn't change for your life. You can relapse. God's purpose does not change for your life. But 
the thing to remember is God's purpose for your life is the one thing that matters most in this world is you living it. The reason why we have time is because we have a cap on when we get to fulfill what God created us to do. And the quickest path there to reach your destiny, to, for God to use all of you, is to walk in obedience. I never in my wildest dreams thought I was being a hypocrite. I fell in love. Like, I fell in love so much in like the purest, most natural, most beautiful way that you fall in love with somebody. Best friend. Literally, like, it's like my perfect mirror. We share, our, we have a vision that aligns for what we want to do for God, what we want to do for the world. And even crazier through all of this, like, I fell in love with someone else's kids. And those of you who don't know me very well, I don't like kids. Like, I'm selfish in nature. I want to do my thing and be left alone. I want to be left alone <laughs> and do my thing, but somehow love God changed my heart and opened things up. Sorry, my phone's ringing. <laughs> Everything changed. And whether it was being blinded by love or what, I don't know. But the fact is this. Obedience is the key to the kingdom. And if I'm off of it even a little bit, I'm disrespecting what God created me to do. And I can't do that. And even when it hurts. So without going into details, because honestly, the details don't matter. But I understand that regardless of the circumstances, falling in love and hanging out and spending time, you know, romantically with somebody that is their divorce is not final yet is wrong. And I've asked God to forgive me. And I ask anyone that this affects in a negative way and what you think of me or any of that stuff, I do ask that you forgive me. I open my heart and it's what happened. And like, I can't apologize for falling in love, but I can apologize and ask for forgiveness for, for not being obedient and not being the leader that I was called to be, am called to be. So the necessary, uh, you know, precautions and things have been put into place and, you know, and it's, and it, this, this honestly sucks. Like, I don't, I don't like it. I really don't, but you know what? I believe in God's purpose for my life. And I believe that anything that is of God, God will work things out. God will make a way when there seems no way. God will make a way when... You know, maybe things just look a little funky, but I trust God's will. I trust God's plan for my life and walking in obedience is it's, it's everything. Our pastor preaches this all the time and he preaches it for a reason because he wants us to have the keys to the kingdom that we were all destined for by following the Lord. So I wanted to get that out of the way. And look, whatever consequences there are to my disobedience, whether willingly or not, whatever the consequences are, I can accept that. I'm a big boy. 
I've had a lot of consequences in my day. I've made a lot of really bad decisions for the wrong reasons, with the wrong heart, the wrong intention. This time, if my decision was wrong, I made it out of love. And it doesn't justify my actions. But in the spirit of gratitude unfiltered and being willing to confess and not hide and not have secrets and none of that stuff, I, 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 I want to talk about this and introduce the subject tonight because when I went searching for answers and I wanted understanding, I wanted peace in my heart, I wanted to truly understand what it is that God wants and what God commands because ultimately that is the most important thing. I don't care about man-made laws. I don't care about man-made rules. I don't care what society says, but what I do care about is anything that affects my testimony for what Jesus did in my life. My story's public. Everybody knows it by now that's watching. My story is public. I've been through a lot. What Jesus saved me from is a miracle. Those of you watching right now, those of you, my brother's keeper, my sisters, you guys are miracles. Our pastor is a miracle. Everybody a part of our church is a walking miracle. You are warriors. You were born for a time such as this. But if you want all that God has for you, if you want all that's available for you, walk in obedience. And I fell short of that, like we all do. But it's a beautiful thing about Jesus that we can repent and we turn away from our sins. And I'm repenting now in front of you. Okay, let's get to it. So the 10 biblical principles for making wise decisions. And look, I, I, look I, <laughs> how many of you struggle with making wise decisions? And it's always a good idea before we get into this. It's always a good idea to ask how God feels about stuff before you have a big decision, a business decision. You know, you get, you're at that fork in the road. Father, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? What guide me, lead me, Holy Spirit, lead me here. So I figured this would be good for all of us. Number one, what biblical principles should inform my decision? Let's go to the word. I'm gonna read from the Bible today. Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Why go to anyone else but God for our decisions? This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't care what man says. I care about my walk and how the testimony affects people. But God, he created us. We go to him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. It's actually the best news I've heard all day. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Proverbs 22.7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. I don't know how that really applies to what we're reading, but yeah. Philippians 4.8, 
Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So questions to ask. What does the Bible say about this decision? Sometimes, like in my situation, I went to the Bible. And it was one of those things that I was looking for a clear answer. And like I had to dig around. And maybe, to be honest with you, maybe I didn't want to see the answer. Because I didn't want to experience hurt. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to accept something that I didn't want to believe. But I can not want to believe anything I want. But what God says is true. And it's what matters. It's really the only thing that should matter in our decision making. And sometimes we have to make tough decisions. Sometimes the decisions that hurt. Sometimes we have to swallow our pride. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves not only before God, but man. Who can help me better understand what God's word says about this decision? Look, this is one of the best things in the world to me about having a mentor or a coach is that you have somebody like Glenn, the walking biblical encyclopedia. Like he's a great man to go to. Our pastor's a great man to go to, to ask, what does the Bible say about this? And look, even though you're going to man with that, you still can check in with God. Like when someone comes up to you, how many of you that are watching right now have been given a word of knowledge from somebody and you're like, I don't know about that. That's a little funky. Or it feels like confirmation. It doesn't matter. It's like sometimes I've had someone come up to me and I remember I went to a church and it, I won't say the name of it. <laughs> I won't say the name. But I went to the church and I got this word of knowledge. And the person goes, you need to go buy a house now. Like start looking for a house and buy a house. That was eight months ago. I mean, I actually looked and I didn't get the house, but I, I, it, there were some things that were said in that word that were like, what? I don't really know about this. But you think the thing is, and the, one of the beautiful things about a relationship with Jesus is Jesus will confirm. It doesn't take long either. What do you think about this? You can feel it. It's awesome. Number three, remember there's two sides to every story. Is the pressure of time forcing me to make a premature decision? Proverbs 19.2. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. And he who has make wait, and he who makes haste with his feet errs. Anytime you feel rushed, I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I'm have the like the feels like the weight of the world and I'm kind of being forced to make a decision. And it, and it feels like the, the, the noise is coming from everywhere. I'm one to believe that that is, and you have a lot of people talking at you like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Here's the thing. Again, block that noise out. Just go to God. And if you have to walk away, walk away. What is, a, like, what is it going to do? And then and you can get, and like, just get present with God. Because again, God will help you make your decisions.
Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely, surely to poverty. God, I have a plan. I think you can create a plan, and I don't really think about this, but having a plan, you know, a plan of action, having a, having a vision, like these things, like when you have that, you're setting yourself up for success. Even you plan for success. You plan for successful outcomes. You don't just go into things hastily and rash and you just go on and do it. You, I mean, again, going back to my decision or like the belief in, 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 in falling in love, I was constantly checking with God, like going, Ugh. like this is, this almost feels not fair. Like, how does this happen? But these kind of things, when we get hasty, we rush to decisions. We don't like the devil can use this to divert your path. That's why it's so important to keep checking in with God. Beware of the once in a lifetime deal and the lure of instant gratification. How many of us fall victim to that? Don't let the fear of missing out drive your decision. Look, on your path to purpose and, and living God's purpose for your life, you are going to, because you're moving, when you step into faith, every step of faith that you take, you are creating a, a you're like shifting the atmosphere. You're, 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 you're changing things around you. That said, you're also opening up more possibilities for your purpose, but you're also inviting in distractions. That's why, again, keeping God first in everything we do matters because when you're training your brain to have God first, you're constantly going to him to check, is this of you? I can't, I had, uh, it was like three or four months ago. It was right before I thought I was moving to San Diego. I had an opportunity to take a job, like a really great job, making really good money. And it's like, it was in my wheelhouse of things that I understood. But I checked in with God, it was hard to say no. And I still haven't replaced that money that, that I didn't lose the money because I never had it in the first place. But the opportunity hasn't been replaced, but here's what I know. It would have distracted from my purpose and that's all the devil needs to do. The devil doesn't need to break your legs. He doesn't need to harass you. He just needs to distract you. And that distraction is enough sometimes to knock a lot of people off a month, two months, weeks, years off of their purpose. Something to think about. So do not let the fear of missing out drive your decision. And when in doubt, when you have doubts, when you're like, when you're unsure, let it go. Leave it out. You don't have to just let it go. Anything that's meant for you, God's going to redirect it back into your life. Sometimes there's consequences for our actions. I've shared the story before when I had a broadcasting opportunity when I was in college, but in waiting on the, the, the scout to call me, I made the decision of eating acid at eight o'clock in the morning to go ride go-karts in Florida. We don't need to go into all the details, but I blew that opportunity. 
like God was trying to get me on this path for a long time, but I kept doing different things to basically divert that path and lead me down the wrong path. But God sent me around the mountain and got another opportunity, which I blew again. Eight more years later, I'm finally doing what God called me to do. But it took a lot of circles around the mountain. How many of you have made some trips around the desert before? All right, really quick. Uh, Todd Hart, good to see you, my man. Pastor Miss never gave up on me. Adam, that's beautiful. Hey, Stringer Motors, what's up, man? Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered. It's my first time seeing you. Yes, Pastor Melba, uh, the pastor and Pastor Melba are, I mean, they're spiritual parents. And I love their wisdom and being able to learn from them. They've been amazing at helping guide a lot of us. And they don't give up on us. Sometimes they let us crash our car. <laughs> but it's amazing how they're there to always love us after the crash. I've heard that, Adam. That's beautiful. Um, all right. So, by the way, again, if you have questions, feel free to ask questions. If you have comments, ask away. This is an interactive broadcast. Again, a little bit different than Saturday night where I'm just up there talking. So I want the interaction. How should, my, how should past experiences inform my decision? Well, hopefully we're learning <laughs> from, from our past experiences. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. That's when I end up going to jail. Yeah, Proverbs 26, 11 like a dog that returns to its vomit is a food uh, sorry like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly this reminds me of when the pastor talked about how the devil can't use anything new on you like in other words he can only the devil can only try to trick you with the past he can taunt you with your past the devil doesn't know your future He's got no, like, so when we, when we're being tempted or we have those, the thoughts that we have that are going to stray our path and we give into them, all we're doing is hopping back in the grave that Jesus set us free from. The devil doesn't have new tricks unless we equip him with them. So why would we go back and eat our own vomit? Ugh. No, I'm not hungry, but you get the point. Proverbs 17.10, a rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. That's another thing too about having a mentor, a spiritual father, a coach even. I would prefer you have a godly coach, godly mentor, those rebukes, that's, it can help us. And sometimes the rebuke hurts, but dadgummit, a rebuke is needed. It's how we stay on the right path. Cause look, we're all human. We all struggle with various things and it's different for everybody. You get tired, you know, you're not thinking straight. You, 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 you make a poor decision or you snap at somebody, you bite someone's head off. You, you know, curse them out. It's not your heart. But, you know, 
this is again one of the beautiful things about asking for forgiveness and repentance or how we show up in the world and, and if we're rebuked take that rebuke for out of love because anyone like there's one thing about being is it, there's one thing about judging other people there's one thing about attacking other people that no, that that's not rebuke a rebuke is is a correction and it comes from a place of love so receive it with love and I know a lot of us, especially, you know, those a part of the program, there's a lot of rebuking that goes on. And sometimes it's really, really hard to not take the rebuke personally. I still, I battle with that. Like I struggle with criticism. I'm getting tougher with it, <laughs> but like it's a struggle for me. The rebuke is hurt sometimes, but you know what? The thing is the rebuke we know deep in our spirit that it's from love and we know, we know it's a good thing. Understand how your family background might affect your, affect your thinking. Aren't a lot of the decisions that we make come from how we're raised? Think about it. What religion did you choose? Where'd that come from? What school did you choose? Your college, your job, your career field? Where'd that come from? Your parents, your background, right? You grew up around it. That's kind of like, and you get molded into that. But sometimes we have to, like, we can let that kind of stuff cloud our thinking. Again, we've got to go to God first. He's the one that created us. I know mommy and daddy got together and they, you know, they produced a baby, which was you. But in the end, God's still your creator. He's still your manufacturer. Go to him. And number three, of course, learn from your mistakes. What is the collective counsel of my community? Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. You know, I read that. And again, I, it's one of the good things about having a pastor and, 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 and Glenn. But... You know, I read this, you know, because I, I could be a little bit wrong how I'm understanding this, but when there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Look, you don't need yes men in your life. I'm in the process right now of, of forming a team of people um, to help with the, the media company, the nonprofit media company that we're creating. And... And the one thing that is that matters to me more than anything is not having yes men around me. Like I have to protect myself from my own ego because I can convince myself of anything. I mean, can't we all do that? We tell ourselves stories and get ourselves convinced and create a false narrative or a false reality. But having strong leaders and, and people that you want you to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know what the expression is. But you kind of want to be the dumbest one in your group. Like you want the people around you, you want people smarter than you. You want people with, you know, bigger ideas. You want people that are going to hold you accountable and hold you true. If they know your path and you're committed to living the kingdom life, you're committed to serving the Lord, you need people around you that also are serving the Lord and the ones that are going to correct you, the ones that are going to shift you and get you back on your path when you slip. 
Proverbs 18.1, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Again, when you have those people in your life, the people that you, that you trust, the people that are going to hold you accountable, the people that may need to kick you in the butt. I need a good butt kicking sometimes. But if you have yes men around you or weak people, are they going to really kick your butt? Proverbs 8, 18, 2, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. Questions to ask. Avoid having many separate conversations. Recognize the difference between selling and sharing. Hmm. Know when to open the circle. What's up, Keith Jackson? Good to see you. Um, let's see here. Okay. Have I honestly considered the warning signs? Proverbs 10, 17. He is on the path of life who needs instruction, but he who forsakes reproof goes astray. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who forsakes reproof goes astray. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like, for each of us to reach our destiny, obviously we need to go to God first for our instruction and be led by the Spirit. But again, the people around us, getting instruction, getting guidance, feedback. Feedback is so important. Being able to receive the feedback with an open heart is even more important. Proverbs 6, 20, 16, 25, there is a way which seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Look, the world is going to lead us astray when we're going to, I think the last two shows I've done have been about the 21st century man and understanding what the man's role is in, in, in a relationship and what a man's role is in leading a household. And how that's, you know, been kind of twisted because you look at magazines cover, you've got guys wearing dresses now, and that's the new man. My legs are not that pretty. I'm not wearing a dress. I don't care what fashion it is. I'm going to wear, actually, I don't have black on today, but <laughs> I'm going to have black boots on, jeans, a t-shirt, and a black, black shirt or black jacket, odds are. That's what I'm going to wear. I'm not wearing a dress. Again, I don't care what's in vogue. I don't care what man says about what's cool and what's right. I care about what God says and what God commands for my life because I know that is the only way to have life. Every other way that I've tried to live my life, every other way I've tried to do things on my own, my own brain or wanting to follow to try to impress other people or to fit in or to be cool. All it's done is land me in jail. All it's done is, is lead me to doing self-destructive behavior, hurting myself, hurting other people, putting off a false image of, of who I am and what I am. I tell people all the time, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm a pastor's heart. I'm not a counselor either. Like, I just kind of like to get to the point. Like, let's get to the root of this and dig it out. It's going to hurt. And that's not just for other people. That's for me too. 
When I mess up, I'd rather just own it and like, God, I messed up. Like, the other reason I call myself a pastor is like, I don't know if that, it's kind of like when people get married, they, they change, <laughs> the expectations change. Like, I don't know if that's what it is, but again, I don't really have a pastor's heart. I mean, maybe an evangelist, but the fact is this, I'm just a man that loves Jesus. I'm a talk show host. Like God gave me certain gifts and I love using them for other people. They're just like you guys, you all have gifts, but I'm still like, I'm still working through my own crap. Like, I don't know how many pastors get on stage and talk about <laughs> their sin in real time, but that's how I keep safe. That's what God commanded me to do. And what was it, two years ago after like two, maybe, is it three years now? Maybe two years ago after this, my the, the, the meth relapse that I had that the lasted four days and God came to me and said, I want you to put a spotlight on your shadow world. Okay. And I've talked about some pretty crazy stuff in my mistakes. And I'm not saying this to say, look at me, but this is what I know to do. This is what doesn't seem right to man talking about my sin in real time like what if it leads people astray leads people astray if if my sin leads other people astray first of all i'm sorry however the one thing i know about god is and the one thing i know about jesus is he's going to use everything you'll give him so why wouldn't God use my screw-ups, my, my sin, my repentance? Why wouldn't God use that for good? And frankly, I think more people should be willing to talk about their sin. Because you know what? When you put it out there, now all of a sudden you're holding yourself accountable. And then also putting yourself in a position where they can hold you accountable. Gratitude Unfiltered is not only about finding gratitude through most life's most traumatic moments. It's also accountability. I can't disappear and go into hiding anymore. But that's by design because I was a master at hiding. Man says what I'm doing is stupid. Man, man says that, but I don't care what man says. This is what God commanded me to do, and I'm going to be obedient to that. Faithful are the wounds of a friend but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27, six. Huh. Questions to ask. Don't think you are the exception to the rule. Oops. I know I'm guilty of that because I like to make my own rules sometimes. <laughs> Anybody else? Proverbs 14.15, wait, Proverbs 14.1. A wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. This is number eight. Have I considered the possible outcomes for the course of my action? I know a lot of, um, I have a friend that has this, it's called the cope method. I don't really fully understand the full definition of it. But it's basically like when you're being triggered or you're having these thoughts and you want to go act on something or go while out or, you know, whatever it is for you to stop 
and play through all of the possible outcomes. And it may take you through a journey of, oh, I really enjoyed that, you know, but you got to ride it out and, 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 and look, look at the whole picture of what it's like. And for me, it's meth and sex because sometimes that's how the devil will taunt me and I'll get in my head and like trying to, Hey, this sounds like a good idea and start giving me all those pictures and, you know, making it look as pretty as possible, but the writing it out to go, Oh yeah. The inside of my cheeks are going to be numb. My tongue is going to be swollen from biting it. My teeth are going to be shorter because I've grinded my teeth for four days and on and on and on. But do we stop to consider the possible outcomes from our actions? This is any choice we make. It's really worth doing. It's, it's, it, look, taking a second again to check in with God, to ask God, is not going to get you there any later. Because sometimes the delays, or what we perceive as delays, is actually the fast track there. Proverbs 14, 15. The naive believes everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. Proverbs 27, 12. Isn't Proverbs amazing? Pro a prudent man sees evil and hides himself. The naive proceed and pay the penalty. That's a thing too. When you're not aware, it can serve as a good excuse if you needed an excuse really. But when you become aware of something, when God convicts you, and like I've talked about this before, your walk with the Lord, like yes, we're to have community, we're, we're the body of Christ, but me looking to my left or to my right and going, yeah, you're not a Jesus freak enough, or you're doing this wrong, or you're doing, like, that's not for me to do. Like, it took years before I was convicted of my mouth, because I, you know, I had a potty mouth. Like, even loving the Lord, I had a potty mouth. God's going to convict you. If God gave you everything that you get to fix at one time, I think your head would explode. But when we seek him daily, we learn and grow closer to him and we become more aware of the things that are for us or the things that are against us, against God's purpose for our life. We get to eliminate those things. And when, and when we become aware, that's when we have a choice. Do I'm going to continue to push through this disobedience and ignore it? Or I'm going to accept it even when it hurts. Questions to ask, do the long math, assess the potential risk, have a contingency plan. Those are always good. Number nine, could this decision jeopardize my integrity or hinder my witness for the Lord? Proverbs 25, 26. Like a trampled spring in a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Proverbs 10, 9, he who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. Pretty self-explanatory. Proverbs 27, 
a righteous man who walks in his integrity. How blessed are his sons after him. Without integrity, what do we have? To me, integrity is honesty, faithfulness, obedience. But without integrity, well, what do we have? And I, you know, I say this all the time, and I'm sure if you really dive into the statement, you could pick it apart and say, well, this is not exactly true. But I really believe that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if we were to put God first in our lives, in work, worship, family, love, I think it would become pretty apparent that integrity is everything. And part of integrity is asking for forgiveness. Part of integrity is admitting when you're wrong. Part of integrity is making hard decisions. But I don't believe that there's a, a problem or an obstacle that we ever face in our lives that we have not already been equipped to handle. And I don't believe for a second, especially I believe this for believers. I don't know about everybody else. So if you're part of the everybody else factor, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for this. But I do know that God will use everything. And even when we mess up, you know, part of that confession, and the sooner we confess, the sooner we repent and move from it. Again, I think that it, it, the more God will use it. And it's also a lot easier to turn away the sooner we do it. Because if we just sit and bathe in it, I mean, how many years, you know, can pass of making the wrong decisions when we just kind of get comfortable in it? What is the, uh, they talk about the, oh, what is it? Like, you know, when people change their diets, like, wow, I didn't know how amazing I would feel when I cleaned up my diet. And then, you know, and you, it's in the reference to people, you know, eating junk food and stuff like that. They just kind of get used to like feeling like crap and not having the energy becomes the norm. But then when you start eating fruit and vegetables and you do a Daniel fast or fasting at all, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm mentally alert. I have more energy. I feel amazing. And then you go back after a couple of weeks, a month, maybe six months, and you go eat 12 donuts like I do. And then you just feel like death. And all of a sudden, like everything's out of whack again. It's kind of like that with sin. We can get comfortable in it. Get comfortable believing our own lies and the stories we want to tell ourselves. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor is better than silver and gold. Yeah, give me God's favor all day long. A double, double favor would be amazing. Uh, questions to ask, work toward the center rather than flirt with the edge. Boy, I'm on the edge of center pretty much all day long. Again, going back to what I said when we opened the show, I mean, there's a bit of a rebellious spirit I have, like being a defiant. Unless if I have respect for you, I'm gonna in, kind of, I'm gonna be defiant by nature, and I gotta fight that. 
It's probably part of an ego too. But that's something I get to work on. <laughs> I don't know what this means, but ask yourself, would this, <laughs> would this pass the newspaper test? I don't know what that means. Is that like getting spanked? I don't know. Uh, keep short accounts. Don't know what that means either. Number 10, is there a better option that would allow me to make a greater impact for God's kingdom? Is there a better option that would allow me to make a greater impact for God's kingdom? Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. Ask yourself, what story could God be writing? Listen, here's what I know. I love to write. Some crazy stuff comes out of my brain sometimes when I write. Heck, even when I talk, it come, crazy stuff comes out of my mouth. But I would rather trust the story God has written for me than anything I could write for myself. Don't assume that just because something is hard, that it is not God's will. No one said following Jesus was going to be easy. You know, so many of us get caught up worried about judgment and what other people think and say about us. Here's the thing. No matter what you do, whether you live for the world, you live for man, or you live for him, people are going to judge you. People are going to have something to say. People are going to have all kinds of opinions that you may not like. And then sometimes the opinions that are like, you know, kind of for you, they may actually be really against you. Don't assume that just because something is hard, that is not of God's will yet. Understand how God has uniquely gifted and resourced you. So in closing this, understand how God has uniquely gifted and resourced you. Every one of you, whether you choose to believe it or not, are uniquely gifted. You have a talent so extraordinary that only God could have given it to you because you're not that smart. <laughs> Neither am I. Like, there's no way I could have gotten in a lab and created what God put inside of me. There's no way. Every one of you are so unique and so special, and I don't care. You know what? No. I think about you guys, my brother's keeper, the sisters and brothers from there. Every single one of your problems, every single of the bad things that you did, the bad things that happened to you, you understand this, please. That's just more victory for you. That's more God gets to use through you. Don't be ashamed of your past. Don't be ashamed of the bad choices you've made. Give it to God and let him use it. Give it to God, all of it, surrender it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, 
for being the God of, of miracles, the God of all possibilities, the God of, of forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son to give us an example of what living righteously and perfect and pure and holy is. Thank you for the example of how to live supernaturally and above man's law, but to give us kingdom law, to give us the law and, and, and the guidance and the truth that is there to set us free, to deliver us from evil, to deliver us from, from the sins of our past, to allow us to live righteously and to walk in forgiveness. The God that gets given us purpose, like thank you for giving us purpose that is unique to us. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to hand over my sin in the, in the mistakes and the flaws and all that, to just lay it at your feet and let you use it. Yes, there's consequences for our actions, yes. But that's how we get better. That's how we grow. And I thank you for that opportunity. I thank you for that shift of reality that only you can create. Father, I just ask that anyone out there that is struggling with a hidden sin, a hidden turmoil, a struggle, shame, that they just have the confidence to come to you and surrender it all to you. Father, I ask that you bless everyone that's watching right now, everyone that's listening on the podcast, watching on E360 and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram TV, and everyone that's in the congregation of Word of God Church in Oklahoma City and Yazoo. I just, I just ask that you give them a, a, a sense of courage, of supernatural boldness to make the bold decisions, to, to step into faith, to, to take the leap, to fully surrender their will for yours. Father, I just ask that you, you bless everybody that right now that is struggling financially and they, they don't see a way out. Please give them visions and dreams of possibilities of ideas and grant them all wisdom. Protect their families, protect their, their, their hearts, and protect their dreams and visions that they already have, that they know they have. Make this week coming up, leading into next week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just the best, most productive, fruitful week ever. And that they all, everyone watching, grows closer to you and becomes more wise and more in awe of your presence. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. Uh, Stephen Gordon, good to see you. Um, Aaron says, thank you, Aaron, for showing up. This is so cool. Yes, no one can do what you are here to do. I love that. Shafiq, my man, God bless you. Uh, please plug your ministry in Pakistan. God bless you guys for all you're doing there. Um, integrity is a good quality walking with God and integrity is very important. Amen. Amen. Uh, awareness opens up more possibilities always. What if, what an amazing amount of possibilities those two words open up. Amen. Uh, let's see who else is here. <laughs> Stephen, good to see you. More wise, more in awe. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Watching from San Diego. And those of you watching right now, like, please say where you're at. This is kind of exciting. So there's people watching from all over the world here, Pakistan, 
San Diego. Aaron, I don't know where you're from, my friend. Keith Jackson, you're in Oklahoma City. Todd Hart, I believe you're in Iowa. Uh, so, Chica, good to see you. Nigeria, amazing, amazing. God bless you. So good to see you here. Also, guys, <clears throat> I want to show you this. So, I'm not, I do want to give, uh, have you guys give you an opportunity for tithes and offerings for Word of God Church. This is not going to Gratitude Unfiltered. But also, I created a fundraiser for my brother's keeper, the very first uh, Gratitude Unfiltered t-shirts. All profits are going to my brother's keeper. You can go to these links and you'll be able to see it. There's two different ones. Uh, let me give you an idea also of the, there's the shirt. Let me get that down off the screen here. Um, so there's the back of it. And there's tank tops too, and baseball shirts and all kinds of stuff. So again, all of the all of the the profits, like everything that's made from the shirts, um, is set up to go to my brother's keeper. And those of you, listen, the ministry, uh, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? I had it set up. Hey, Brad, I don't know if you can do this, but the uh, the link for the uh, the fundraiser for you guys on uh, GoFundMe. I think it's uh, My Brother's Keeper 2020. But listen, um, right now, because of the shutdown, My Brother's Keeper has not been able to go out and fundraise, and that's how they keep their doors open. Um, and, and look, the men and women are part of this program. Those of you who are not familiar, you've heard me talk about My Brother's Keeper a lot. Look, I'm just as much a part of that program, even though I'm wandering around, but I'm in the program too. And the work that God is doing in these men and women's lives is so important. I mean, some of them, this is like the safest home environment they've ever had. And so every dime that you can give to them is crucially important. And I'm going to put it in the comments because I don't know why I'm not seeing it. Um, yeah, it just disappeared on me. It was right there. <laughs> anyway, wait, here it is. I'm going to put it in the comments now. Um, you got to love this in real time. This is fantastic. Okay, I put it in the comments. There you go, Brad. Brad hooked it up. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. There you go. Go fund me, my brother's keeper, 2020. Anything you can give. And look, I know finances are tight for a lot of you, but there's people watching all over the world. So if you can give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it be, like donate to them. They're an amazing group of human beings. They are God's warriors, just like a lot of you. You're warriors for God, and the way that God is using these men and women is is so powerful. But your giving helps them not only be able to provide for themselves, put food on their table and so forth, and to keep a roof over their head. Again, they cannot fundraise right now because how they do it is go out and sell this amazing banana bread and tamales and things like that. That's how they keep the doors open. They can't do that right now. So we need your help. So anything that you can give to them, please do. Again, you're not giving to me. You're giving to my brother's keeper. All right, you guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for watching. Please share. Like and subscribe. You guys are watching on Word of God, uh, YouTube, and Facebook, E360 TV. You guys share this video out. If you felt it was impactful, you thought that it may touch someone's life, tag them, share it, whatever you may need. Word of God, uh, listen, I, I love you guys. I miss you. And um, I will see you soon, my brother's keeper. Thank you guys. And um, everybody else watching from around the world, God bless you. It means the world to me. Keith Jackson, amen. Todd, my man, God, good to see you. And um, yeah, good night. God bless.